We would like to advise that the following program may contain adult themes, occasional nudity, and language that may offend some listeners. Thank God it's... And welcome to Studio 222 at the ABC in Ultimo for another COVID safe session of Thank God It's Friday. We don't have our audience quite yet, but we do have the band back together, reunited in the studio in the shadow of the wheel of death. So please welcome this week's panel, Tommy Dean, Gene Kitson and Rebecca De Unamuno. We need uh, Tahir came in last week and he brought a little uh, laugh track on his telephone. We need. <laughs> he only played it with his own jokes, though. He did. Very oh, it, was, selective. it was very, oh. very selective. Uh, now, uh, the borders are all closed, of course, uh, yet at school holidays. How could you create the traditional holiday experience while not leaving your own home, Jean? Well, first of all, you get the dog or the children, and you hose them down and then you throw a bucket of sand all over them and then you shoe them in the house and and sand under your feet and sand in bed, in your bed yeah. and sand in your And then you expo- expose them to the sun without any uh, sun, sun so cream for about five oh, weeks. Yeah. That would be good. Give them, make them lie in the sun yeah, yeah. and get blisters yeah, yeah. and then put them under <laughs> a warm shower. And then make them sit on a vinyl lounge so, so they stick to it. Put the vinyl lounge outside in the sun yeah. till it's heated to... Lava yeah, yeah, temperature, yeah. and then sit on it. Then, tr- then get a hot metal object like it's a seatbelt, and just uh-huh. add that burn. So you have the burn on the burn on the burn. That's good. Yeah, who needs Queensland? <laughs> <laughs> who needs holidays? Just yeah. So you burn your children. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's number one. And then you add the sand in the bed. So you're not only burnt, but you're you you know yeah. you're scraping. scraping and, you, and, your skin. And, you, and you make a cup of coffee for yourself, but then charge yourself four dollars fifty. Yeah, yeah. Or if if you want to re, you know recreate a road trip, you just get a polystyrene cup, and you put a tea bag in it with cold water, and then stick it in the microwave, <laughs> and then that's your that's your thing. Then you um you build a barbecue, and then you wait for it to rain or a campfire, <laughs> and then in the evening you force your whole family to play cards with a couple of cards missing. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. scrabble with all the vowels missing, and then you deny them internet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's an essential. Yeah. Uh, do, 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 do you put some tinea in your bathroom just to... Oh. <laughs> you make them wear thongs in the shower. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you can never get your feet dry. Yeah. I don't. So yeah. if it's, if it's a, a caravan park, you've got to get some sort of bull-necked manager to come and scream at you every now and then, <laughs> <Yeah>. don't you? <laughs> and then you make them sit in the carport and pay, play spotto for hours in yeah, the yeah. car without any, actually going yeah. anywhere. Yeah. That'll really and without any water and without any chance to <laughs> urinate. <laughs> and if it was like holidays when I was a kid, then the parents would sit in the front seat smoking with yeah, the yeah, windows yeah, closed. Yeah. While you're did, you, did, you have, did you have a parent who would not stop? Did you have a father who would not stop who seemed to – the life ambition was to leave Sydney at five and get to Cool and Gatta without any stops? <laughs> no. <laughs> like a no, racing car. Like a racing car. <laughs> there was a number of kids in our family who would get car sick – 
So they'd always, they'd have to stop or there'd be a uh, mess in the car. So there'd be chunder stops, would they? Yeah, there'd be chunder stops. Yeah. But, you know, Dad, he was a racing car driver. He could get from Melbourne to Coolangatta in like <laughs> three hours. Still have a wee when you get there. Yeah. yeah uh, Rebecca, how do we create these beautiful traditional family holidays, even though we're not really allowed to leave home? Even though we're not going anywhere. I'm a bit of a, I'm a queen of the staycation, as I like to call it, because, um, you know, sometimes I look at my bank balance and go, that's mm. all you can afford. Mm. Mm. Uh, so I I'm pretty, even I'm pretty even well attending the kitchen is a bit. Sometimes of a I go out into the courtyard. It's very exciting. <laughs> but I thought um, I've already got the sleeping thing, the sleeping in thing down pat. Like that's easy. I'm very good at that. I've been doing that for for years. Um, I think uh, if we did get in a car, we would have to get in a car and just drive around until we get lost. And uh, in r- relation to my dad, when we were kids, we'd go on these adventures, and uh, and I remember he'd get frustrated and just want to stop. Just let's just stop. And I remember once he said, here, this will do. And there were two families and we all went, okay, we'll have lunch here. And then we realised he'd sat us on this giant septic tank uh, to eat our lunch. <laughs> We've never let him, we'd never let him live that bit down. Well, that's a um, nice clear bit of concrete. That's good. But that's, oh, wait, wait, that's wait. what he thought. It's like so were two clear. families already using a septic tank? <laughs> yeah, we had to socially distance. It was very difficult. Um, I think uh, you've got to set up an FPOS machine on the refrigerator so that every time you take something out from the fridge, uh, you get charged yeah, yeah. three times the normal yeah, amount yeah, yeah. for it. Um, uh, you've got to it's just, I think, just sitting there and just going, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Could give a feeling of holiday Dad, time. I'm bored. I'm bored. What are we going to do? Um, I, I've, I put a do not disturb sign on my bedroom door so that, because um, you know how they get ignored all mm. the time at hotels? But I'm just at that point uh. where I'm just hoping someone does ignore it and come in. You'd have to, you'd have, to have a, if you were sitting, uh, if you were sitting down, you'd have to have a sibling to kick you under the, under the foot seat. Well. Yeah. Or in the, yeah, or if you're sitting in the front, if it's your turn in the front of the car, Kick you in the back yeah, yeah, the whole yeah. time, but you know the sign on the door. Mm. I, I'd, I'd pull, please make up my room on my bedroom door. No one's done it yet. <laughs> <laughs> really, <laughs> it may happen. Tommy, how do we recreate the the traditional holiday? See, I think you're missing an opportunity here. I think we use this stay at home holiday to to take all these negatives that we're discussing and finally have them present as positive. Mm-hmm. So we say, all right, kids, we're all going on holiday. So you put everybody in the car. And then you just sit there, and about 10 minutes in, of course, one of the kids will say, are we there yet? And you say, yes, we are. Yeah. yeah. Oh, how that never happened. That? We're here. <laughs> and then we go into the house. And the first excitement of when you go into a new holiday house is you all get to pick your rooms. Yeah. So everyone gets to pick a new room. So all the excitement of picking a new room, and you have to live in each other's rooms, depending on who picked uh, what. Mm. That's exciting. And then, uh, then you—the other thing about rental, rental accommodation—is you realise after you've been there about five minutes that everything that's any good is in a locked cupboard somewhere. But that's, <laughs> again, that's the next excitement. These idiots left the master cupboard unlocked. <laughs> we have access to everything. For the first time, there's actually a fan. There's actually a television. There's and then DVD. You can, and then you can like instead of being complaining, like if you're like in a, somebody's rental apartment and you're like, ooh, you know, the back of the cupboard's got. Some old oats or stuff in yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And you're quite or, cranky or, about it. Or only two hot plates work. Yeah, now you start just throwing stuff away. So you're kind of cleaning your own house 
realistically, yeah, yeah, yeah. but with the altruism of doing it for someone else. Someone else, else. Uh-huh. yeah, someone else. I don't want to clean my own cupboards out, but do you think those people that live here want these oats with the bugs in them? <laughs> Is this a weird science experiment they're running? I can make extra rich protein cookies with them, <laughs> or throw them out. I can clean the and whole if, house. And if something doesn't work, you can say, "Isn't that terrible that they rent a house with oh, this?" Idiots. Thing? Yeah. yeah. And then, of course, uh, you can use all the stuff. Use all the stuff. Uh, that's great fun. Uh, you borrow their car because they left a car for you out the yeah, front. Yeah, yeah. And was... then just drive it like you stole it. Yeah. That's really exciting. Their insurance ought to deal with it. <laughs> Run it right down to empty and just park it where you stop. Walk back to the house. Sorry, kids. We're going to have to get a plane home. I don't know what's wrong with the rental car, but it's gone. Yeah. It's freedom. I think it's freedom. Yeah. It's the, best ho- it's the best holiday Tell ever. the neighbours to get screwed because you're never going to live there again. <laughs> well, that's what I said. I've got the noisy neighbours down pat. I've, got, uh, I've had, as soon as we went into hard lockdown, uh, the people next door who haven't lived in there, it's been vacant for four years, decided to do their renovations as soon as we went into lockdown. So I've already got the noisy neighbours that I can hmm. ring to complain about. It's just that there's not management, only the council. <laughs> that's all I can manage. <laughs> the wonderful holidays away that we can all enjoy. Tommy Dean Jenkinson and uh, Rebecca Day Unamuno are here. Now, James Valentine. Uh, makes it uh, has made it onto the front page of the Daily Telegraph after they took him seriously when he said <laughs> minties shouldn't always be white, and they kind of believed that he was actually meant that, and he ended up big scandal. <laughs> Only problem, and we all thought it was terrific, you know, it. any publicity. Only <laughs> problem, they called him John Valentine, <laughs> which is clearly the name of an investment banker rather than a saxophone player. Don't you think John Valentine? Yeah. You'd, you'd want to buy some stocks and, it's and also shares from him. clearly the level of research the Daily Telegraph does. <laughs> Not that good, no. But here's my question. How would your personality be different if your parents had given you a different first name? If there was a Trevor Dean or a Veronica Kitson or even a Daisy De Unamuno. How would you how would you be different if your first name was different, Rebecca? Oh, uh, look, I don't know that it, I would be any different because um, every time my name is written or said, um, I'm a different person anyway. Mm. <laughs> Very different person with my name, but I think oh, because people can't pronounce it. Well, can't pronounce it or, okay. or spell it incorrect. I've turned up to gigs and I've gone, "Who's that?" That's on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's good to see another South American someone, comic. There's someone with the name De Number Two. Who's that? <laughs> Honestly, I've seen it. It's to, yeah, particularly one gig. Uh, I, I, um, but when I was born, um, I, my parents took ages to name me. Like I was just unnamed. I was Baby Day Namuno for a long time, and they went, "Well, clearly that's not going to be, you know, easy to pronounce." So uh, my well, dad. Why did they wait? Because they, 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 well, they wanted the right name. And they wanted my, you to express your personality. Well, yeah, yeah they wanted that. the right name that's to good. suit me. And my dad said um, she has to have a strong sounding name. Mm-hmm. So they came up with Rebecca, and and I have said to them that it's their own fault that they ended up with someone so stubborn and pig-headed mm. and uh, outspoken as me because it was the name they gave me. So what name would have made you more demure? Oh, I don't know. I think, well, Daisy, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Daisy sounds Daisy. like a p- circus performer. I know, and when I thought it made me sound like if it is Daisy Day, uh, uh, Daisy Day in a minute, I think I'd live on a farm. Mm. Uh, I'd, yeah. I'd insure my legs and I'd hang out with the Dukes of Hazard. That's just how I see it happening. <laughs> I think she's cool, Daisy Day Unamuna. Uh, Jean, how would you be different? How would you be different if a different name had been chosen? Well, well, if well, you suggested Veronica. Huh? So, and but just back to James. Yeah. A saxophonist. Yeah. He should really be called Jimmy, don't you? Yeah. yeah. 
Jimmy Valentine. James does a Jimmy Valentine. Jimmy Valentine. More like yeah. a sex optimist yeah. in many ways than a James. Uh, that's true. Uh, that's why I go with Tommy. Yeah, because otherwise Thomas. Thomas or Tom just has a certain adult mm. seriousness about it, but Tommy. I'm maintaining the Tommy. juvenile. <laughs> yeah, well, you're doing it well. That's what I've done. It's mm. an entertainer's mm. name. And it's two first names. Yes. That changes everything. It changes everything. Because you can use Because nobody gets my last first. name wrong when you got two first names. You could be Dean Tommy. You could be Dean Tommy. <laughs> That's good. Well, Veronica, well, um, it's amazing how few Veronicas there actually are, except for the, the Veronicas, <laughs> which means I couldn't be identical twins. Well, not professionally. Hmm. That's taken. But if I were a Veronica, I think I'd be on the boards of some lucrative companies like super funds. Oh, yeah. Actually, that's right, actually. Veronica kits and I've been skimming the take. Mm. That's right. And the the chair of our uh, ethics committee is here, Veronica. (laughs) Right, that's right. Well, maybe not the ethics committee. I think I think Veronica sounds sort of languid and sultry, and I think I'd be drinking powerful martinis, and maybe an endorsement for bouncy hair or something. I don't know. But um, yeah, on the other hand, Jean, like Jean, Jean is just one of the. It was a really old-fashioned name when I was growing up, anyway. But I never got called Jean, although. Well, it was Jean Brody, wasn't it? The... Oh, yes, and I dream of Jeannie oh, with yeah. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Jean, Jean, that's Jean Brody, isn't it? You're young and alive. That was the prime of Miss Jean Yeah, Brody. yeah, yeah. That was a theme song. So people always sang those songs to me, which were of, you know, and I was a kid and they were older songs anyway. But if, if you know, if mum or dad yelled out, Jean, then, you know, if they lost me in a department store, then little kids come from everywhere because it's just one, it's like a bark. Mm. You know, Jean! <laughs> Would, would they, you know, think they know it's a kid. That's how they come. But how is it? Have you felt affected by it in the sense that it's sort of an asexual name or dual sexual name? Like there's Gene. Oh, Jean, oh like Man, Gene Kennedy Jean. and stuff, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, like Gene Hackman. Yes, I think it probably has affected my mm. sexuality, and I haven't <laughs> even thought of that till now, Tommy. And what about gene therapy? <laughs> yeah, exactly, and gene shearing. Yeah. I mean, I don't know why I'm gene not genie. a... Gene jacket. Genie in a bottle. Yeah. My if... mother never called me Jean. She called me Lynn Bill Jean. Lynn Bill Jean! If, <laughs> if, if, your surname, if your surname had been Jacket, do you think she would have still called you Jean? <laughs> Jacket, Tommy, oh. how would you be changed if they hadn't chosen uh, Thomas as your name? Well, I don't. I, it, it is interesting how a name sits. I mean, we are very careful with our children's names. Um, Reginald. <laughs> I think Reginald Dean would be a very different me. Yeah. He'd be a judge, wouldn't he? Oh, a southern have, judge or something? He'd be a judge or, yeah. or art nemesis to a superhero. <laughs> <laughs> I will destroy you all. Reginald. Reginald. Or, or Reginald Dean is courting the lady. Yeah. I can see it a bit like that too. Oh, there is that. That could be or something suave, you know, like Ricardo. Ah. Ricardo Dean. My uncle's oh. name's Ricardo. Is he suave? Never met him. All right. <laughs> Got no idea. He's just is he, uh, in the family. he lives in Brazil. Right. Mm. Uh, but I, I don't. I think I think first names do carry a great deal of weight. Um, you think they affect people's personality? I think yeah. they absolutely do. Yeah. Um, and just the way they do work within them. Uh, and, you know, we hear the jokes I mean, about your very own name, you know, Richard. Yeah. Um, no one calls you Rich. Huh? Well, they call me Dick, though. Call you Dick. <laughs> and that's, that's the that's whole... face. But so I think all, all Richards have to deal with the Dick element one way or the other. 
know. The dick element. That sounds like a great name for a show. Yeah. I, I mean, I've, I've met many Richards in my life, and they've either um, embraced the dick. Yeah. But you think there's a or secret? There's always the a sort of slight self doubt about the dick. Yeah, the very. <laughs> So many things I want to say. <laughs> but nickname, exactly. You know, even... If we're talking about Jean being, yeah, how's it affected you, Richard? Mm. You just keep waiting for someone to. <laughs> no, I embrace it. Uh, I want to say, I want to uh, say that we were talking about that thing of driving, 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 and not being willing to stop. Uh, I had a boy. This is on the text. I had a boyfriend with that ambition of just driving from Sydney to Cooling. He carried a wee bottle in the car. <laughs> no. She says brackets for himself. <laughs> So he wasn't offering it around. No, of course. <laughs> Which is nice. Uh, well, you can't, as a woman, yeah. it's very hard to pee. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, you need more a cup thing. Well, I would be the opposite. When we went to university, my friend's grandfather drove us. It was like a two-day trip into the Midwest. And he was a big stock market player. And he would stop every two hours to call his broker. Yeah. Check the Dow. Oh, wow. Every time, and every time you get back in the car, his wife would say, "You know, Charlie, the market does not move that fast. <laughs> it does not move that fast. Yeah. You should have woman all stopping in and check." Yeah, I got to talk to my, I got to talk to my broker, John Valentine. <laughs> Ronald Dean said, "Sell, um, sell." Thank God it's Friday. Thank God it's. <laughs> Talking about names, though, uh, on the text, uh, as a lifelong Kim, I've always lusted after the name Veronica, which is the oh. one I gave Jean. Uh, it's so good to have a name that takes longer to say. Yes. So there you go. Yes, I'm, I'm a monosyllabic name. Yeah. So you, and I love yeah. multiple syllables. Mm. So Rebecca. <laughs> and I like names with C's in them, like yeah. Rebecca. And mm. Rebecca's got all these literary and biblical connotations. Well, Daphne, Daphne de Maria. But that's, mm. yeah. that's a weird story, isn't it? Because because Rebecca is the woman who's died, that's yet right. whose kind of ghost still yeah. inhabits the mansion and sends everyone nutsy. Well, that's me to a T. <laughs> I, I actually did work experience when I was in um, year 11. I did work experience at the Marion Street Theatre mm. and they were doing a production of Rebecca with June Salter, <sighs> Nick Enright yeah. and a very young Jacqueline McKenzie. It was her first role out of NIDA. What, Nick acting? Yes. Yeah, okay. yeah isn't that amazing? I, mm. I did all their shoes. I painted the shoes. I sewed every gold button on the jackets. Mm-hmm. They all fell off. The shoes looked terrible. But... So the review in the paper said June Salter was superb. The way her buttons fell, fell off. off. Perfect timing. Now, a new study from New Zealand praises backseat drivers, saying that helpful advice from a passenger makes you a better driver and that we should regard them as one might a, a rally co-driver. Is that fair enough, Tommy Dean? Do you like to get a bit of helpful advice from the partner? Um, it's interesting. I don't... I don't... I'm not as good at taking it as I am as giving it. <laughs> I think I'm a. I think I'm a much better backstreet driver than I am a driver driver. Uh-huh. Uh, as a regular driver, I'm far too cautious and careful, and and I don't I don't really regard others' views as necessary because I'm already underneath the speed limit. Right. So you, your, your perfect and... driving experience is to have your, your wife driving and you just bickering and sort of giving her uh, advice. I just, I just think that I have so much skill behind the wheel that to impart <laughs> that well-worn <laughs> wisdom and knowledge to others, it's more like an education role. Uh, uh. Like, uh, hey, this is a 50 zone <laughs> and the police patrol here heavily. I would stay to 50. <laughs> I know that at times 55 is acceptable, but 50 is where it's at. And then, or she'll, uh, my wife especially loves this one. I know that you prefer this route, 
<laughs> but if we go left here instead, yeah. we will well, save a couple of minutes. Those, that traffic. Yeah. Do you Different say it traffic. like that, just gently and reasonably? And... You know what I've discovered, is, and this is, I think, years of training in AI, if you modulate your voice like a GPS, mm. people tend to listen a little bit <laughs> easier. Please take the second exit <laughs> at the next roundabout. Yeah, take all personality At the next out roundabout, <laughs> take the second exit. Don't say go straight here, you fool. <laughs> Jean, do you, do you go along with this research that says actually we should encourage people to give us advice as we drive? Not really, not really. I don't like it because I, and it's not that I don't, it's not that I mind, say, an alert passenger warning me there's a cow on the road. The the problem is that the passenger. Is this common in North Sydney? This is, happens all the time around my way. There's just wildlife and livestock everywhere. Yeah. So, don't talk about the advertising industry in that way. <laughs> Oh, you cow. Um, no, but if, say, just using the cow as an example, say your passenger sees the cow, by the time the passenger says, look out, there's a cow on the road, chances are the driver, me, has already seen the cow. Mm-hmm. And because I'm irritated by the fact that whatever my passenger's saying has already occurred to me because of that lag, then then I'm, that irritation causes a delay, which means, hello, cow, goodbye, windscreen. So, like, then you end up breaking at the last minute or just the delay, that it's a distraction. You, you could ask your passenger whether there are any uh, other, any <laughs> other hazards. Other hazards. <laughs> or do what I do. You know, sometimes it's not, it's the direct is difficult. You know, like, oh, no, there's a cow. Maybe just, like, lead them to think about cows. Like maybe if I saw it coming, mm. I would be more inclined to say, did you know that the more tender cuts of a cow come from the back? Because <laughs> in a quadruped, those are the muscles that are used less. Oh, look. <laughs> I feel like a milkshake. <laughs> I would just go, why didn't you tell me there was a cow on the road? Rebecca, Rebecca I, don't, I don't think you're a driver, are you? I'm not a driver. And so I never tell people what to do because, it, as they say, if you want something done well properly, do it yourself. Well, I can't. So mm-hmm. I'm very quiet. I have um, been known to leave dents in the armrests of doors and, uh, and, and thing, you know, uh-huh. torn the seatbelt from the stress of, like, wanting to say something. But I did school shows for a long time and, and I was never a driver. So I said to myself, I said, I will be the um, navigator. So no matter, because so that the other two friends of mine could share the driving. So that became my role. So then if things went wrong, it was kind of like, I I know as a driver how frustrating it would be to be told what to do, because as a navigator, you don't want someone without the map telling you how to, you know, where you should be turning left, right and everything. So I, I, yeah, I feel like I'm in no way, shape or form qualified. Okay. So if someone really hates backseat drivers... Yeah, give get Rebecca me, give a me lift. A drive, in but maybe fact. you become like the enabler. You know, like that. You just agree with everything. Like, you think I should turn left here? You know, if you feel good about that, you should turn left here. Yeah. Or suddenly, boom, boom. What was that? Nothing. Just keep driving. Just, just, a, was just a cow. <laughs> it's so funny. It's driving with my parents is hilarious because my mum is the the constant um, green light hmm. or red light. I think they're stopping. Like it's, she's constantly narrating so the trip. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. It's amazing, isn't it? I know. My mother. We drove my parents to Orange, where Mum used to live in the forties and fifties a few years ago. And Mum anticipated every turn, every bump in the road, every bridge. She would she would tell us it was. But she was remembering it from yeah. decades. She and she because she was she's blind. 
and deaf, and yet she would say, slow down here, here's a car. I don't know. I think maybe she was navigating through her bum. <laughs> maybe when you lose other senses, a sort of sonar sets in yeah. and you can feel yeah. the road uh-huh. through the, the your, what you're sitting on. I don't know how she did it. But amazing. Did, yeah, That's amazing. It was amazing, all right. Yeah. My grandfather built all the roads, well, part of the team, not by himself, but in rural in a rural area, farm yeah. world in Maryland. And so whenever we went anywhere, he would always tell you where the roads used to go. Well, this road here used to go up, move around that hill, come back down, up around there. Before I rebuilt mm. it. Now look at it. Yeah. It goes straight there. Yeah, yeah That's amazing. That's what we do. Yeah. We do. <laughs> <laughs> my dad was like, because my dad was a truck driver his whole working Love life. It. And he, you could say to him, um, I need to be in Bankstown where, like when we were doing school shows, oh, we need to be in Bankstown at, um, and he, and tomorrow morning. And he'd say, what time do you have to be there? And I'd say, oh, you know, probably 8.15. He'd go, okay, so what do you want to do is you're going to go down this. And he'd name the street and he'd go, but don't turn left because at that time in the morning, traffic banks back all the way to the service station. So you need to go. So he would just, he can t- map out. From point A to point B, amazingly, he is Google. He is Google. He was he was Siri before Siri existed. <laughs> but ultimately, I think the backseat driver's job should be affirmation. There's not enough affirmation. There's too much complaining. Like my new favorite thing is uh, on the streets in in like one, one near my house. Those solar powered smiley faces. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I've speed. seen those. Yeah, yeah. So you drive, and if you're under the speed limit, smiley face, little smile. Yeah. It makes me so happy. When I, is it so happy, happy inducing or annoying inducing? Oh, so happy. But then, <laughs> like the other day, I got pulled over and the, and the policeman's like, look, this is a, a 50 kilometer mm-hmm. an hour zone and you were only doing 20. And I was like, but the sign was smiling. <laughs> <laughs> was the police officer smiling? No, he was not. Oh, look at the sign. <laughs> The Wheel of Death, ladies and gentlemen, you're ready for the Wheel of Death. Thank you to our listeners who uh, contributed this afternoon these topics uh, for Rebecca. The topics are thermal undies, knees, hairspray, living underwater, dating, garlic, pyjamas, lollipop, soy chai latte, earwax, knitting, broccoli, dental floss, anchovies. Which ones fill you full of fear, Rebecca? Garlic, because it'll leave an aftertaste. (laughs) Round and round and round it goes. Where it stops, no one knows. The topic is dating. Not for Rebecca. Dating. That's a bit easy for Rebecca. Oh, my goodness. Okay. All right. Here we go. Well, my mind is racing to every bad date I've had, so can you just bear with me for five years? Okay, here we go. Here we go. This is the first five-year version of The Wheel of Death. I'd like to actually read um, an excerpt from my new book. Um, It's called Dating in a Time of COVID, and uh, it's soon to be published um, once the pandemic ends, so I've got a lot more time to finish it. Uh, It's a a story of of a woman called... um, uh, uh, Veronica, funnily enough, it's just so amazing, who, <laughs> who meets a, a, a guy who plays in a band. His name's Jimmy. He's a, he's a saxophonist. Ah. And, uh, yeah, and they, they hit it off, but they don't realise they're not romantically linked, but that they each know someone else that is perfect for them. Oh. So this is, but it all so has match, to happen. Match, ma- matchmaker story. Matchmaker oh. story, but it all has to happen from home because we can't go anywhere, we can't socialise, no social distancing. So this is just um, the opening chapter. I'll just read from that. Veronica logged into Zoom. She realised she'd never used it before and was a little doubtful of her skills. She also hadn't washed her hair for two and a half weeks and thought the dry shampoo may not have the effect of first impressions she'd hoped. As Jimmy logged on... He had next to him a friend of his, his flatmate, so they were allowed to be together and socially distanced. 
Veronica looked at the flatmate and thought he had a touch of familiarity about him. She quickly grabbed her phone and opened Tinder. She looked at the, one of the messages that she'd received. This was pre-pandemic and realised he'd invited her out, but she'd said no. As she started to build a temperature that ran and rose from her knees right up to the top of her head with steam coming out of her ears, embarrassed that this guy she had rejected without even knowing, Jimmy simply introduced him and said, yeah, this is uh, Dave. What kind of name is Dave, thought Veronica. (laughs) Does that determine the kind of person he is? (laughs) And if so, what kind of person would Dave be? They chatted for a while. It was awkward. Jimmy remained in the room the entire time. But she knew there was something about Dave, something that made her want to wash her hair, (laughs) something that made her want to put on a bra, something that made her wish that every single person would wear a mask so that they too could meet in person, face to face, and if things went well, at the end of the night, a kiss. Ah, kisses. She remembered when they used to be able to happen. (laughs) But now what do you say? What do you do at the end of a night? There's no inviting someone back in for coffee for risk of infecting your elderly parents you still live with. (laughs) 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 There's absolutely no way that you can kiss them and that first kiss let you know whether or not going further with them will be worth it. Dating in a time of COVID is, is tough, Veronica thought to herself. As she said goodbye to Dave, he pointed to his phone and mouthed the words so Jimmy couldn't hear, text me. God. It was going to be a textual relationship and Veronica could not be happier. Wow. See, it's it's hotter that way, isn't it? So much hotter. It's so much hotter. I've been on Tinder during during COVID and it's hilarious because all the offers you normally get, no. All dry, no, nothing. It's always like, let's meet up. Let's, it's yeah. always, you can't. So what do you do? So people are actually getting to know each other now. God. By our conversation. <laughs> it's amazing. I love it. So you, you take a little bit of time texting. You do a second draft. I reckon that would be good, wouldn't it? Mm. You know, like instead of just blurting out, oh, yeah, you're, you're nice. Something. <laughs> it's been a while, I have to say. <laughs> uh, I don't want to sound nitpicky. You're nice. <laughs> Gee, that sort of, yeah, that's it's, a, it's like the Algolkin Club. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to sound nitpicky, but oh, I'm, no, using please the, do. I'm using the mirror in here to say text me, and I don't know that you can say that. Oh, okay, yeah. So you were saying like, that, I would just feel that she, he would, all that you would, Veronica would have saw was me. He could have said anything. You can't no, mouth, Tommy's point. saying you can't mouth the words text me, and he's kind of right. But, but he did point to his phone. Oh, well, if he did do I that. did preface it with pointed to his phone and mouth. Gee, we well, thought, well, it's well, here in the, okay, the drive. Right. Look, I've got it here. It's New nitpicky. Why did he mouth anything? <laughs> he didn't. Weren't you listening? <laughs> because he Jimmy was Jimmy in the room. No, all he had to do was point at the phone. Not for comprehension. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Does she does she live or does no, she die? She no, no. Okay. She, got, what, 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 one vote each way. It was just, it was just a first draft. I, just lo- a... I love Veronica. The I'm traffic sign of judgment says... Smiley face. Smiley face. Smiley face. <laughs> Thank God it's Friday in session with Tommy Dean Jenkinson and Rebecca De Unamuno. Now, the school curriculum uh, is to be simplified, concentrating on English, maths and science and cutting out things which may seem less useful to our thrusting modern economy. So what did you learn at school which seemed useless at the time but actually at some point 
suddenly came in handy. Jenkinson. Well, as someone said online, another day and still no use for algebra. <laughs> <laughs> we learned Cuisinaire without ah, pleasure yes. yeah, and the we rods. forgot it. The rods. The rods. Ooh, so they were coloured no rods, idea. right? Yeah, mm. I don't know where they were. Tommy's looking confused, but they were coloured oh. rods. All I remember is a white one with a little square and that was one, worth one. Mm-hmm. It was a way of adding up or something. Was, they yeah. would say you could understand the relationship of, say, two to ten. You could So the two was a shorter rod right. and then the ten was a long rod and you could see that, therefore, if you had five twos, it would, it would add up to rods, ten. I would them blocks. But did, but did they get along? Like, were they friendly? Like, I mean, you're talking about the relationship between <laughs> two and one. Two and ten. Was it a fraught relationship? Well, they were different. They were different colours, and you know, <laughs> yeah, the colours were good. There were numerous problems. <laughs> there were numerous, numerous problems with Cuisinaire. One, how do you spell it? Cuisinaire. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was spelled with a. I don't even know. I spell it with a C. But C, it C. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Cuisinaire. Like some sort of kitchen. Yeah. You know, yeah. Do they still like do they? Mandolin. Do they still do it? I don't know. I, don't I know. remember. No. I think. I, and pink. I think was it was a bright pink. Was fine. Yep, that's right. That's what I remember. Right. Oh, there'd be a choking hazard now. <laughs> they wouldn't be allowed mm. to use the little blocks or rods. Can, yeah. can the kids add up? No, yeah, no. but at least they don't choke. <laughs> at Rosebud High, apart from studying Lord of the Flies, that which you know turned mm. out to be what Rosebud High needed to study. You didn't need a book, you just needed a mirror. Yeah. No, that's right, that's right. But um, we also, the things that really, um, that I found that were really useful was sewing and cooking. Mm. So we did domestic science. So sewing, my mother couldn't sew. You know, my first bikinis met in the middle, so I said uh-huh. to her, please, Mum, I can't wait. These aren't bikinis. They're like a one-piece, and would you please? And she said, all right, then, okay, just for you. I'll cut off the top of the bottom of the bikinis, and I'll fold it down, and I'll put some elastic in, and then you'll be able to see your stomach, and there'll be bikinis. So I said, thanks, Mum. And then in the morning, I had to try them on, and instead of sewing off the Sewing, cutting off the top and folding them down. She'd cut off one of the legs and folded it in, and I was half in and half out of my first bikini, which was illegal at my age. But anyway, sewing. So I learned to blanket stitch and sew things that sew on buttons. And in cooking, I learned what a roux was, and we made carrot soup and sausage rolls. That was. Fabulous. Mm. So I think they should be reinstituted. Well, it was really? unusual to cook kangaroo in those days, but there you go. Kangaroo. <laughs> mm. uh, uh, my, my, my wife reckons she failed domestic science because there was a big question. The big question was, in what order do you do the washing up? And she said, well, first you fill up the sink and then you put the plug in, <laughs> then you fill it up and then you wash the stuff. They're the three stages. <laughs> Where apparently you you wash the, the, glass, the, glasses, the glasses and then the plates and then the pans. That's like my husband always tells the story of a, um, a question he failed in an exam because it said illustrate your answer, you know, and so yeah. he drew a picture. Yeah, he's a cartoonist. Yeah, he's a <laughs> exactly. Um, what, is there anything you learned at school that didn't seem useful at the time, Rebecca, but Proved so. Oh, I've got to say, along the lines of, of Jean saying that home ec and, and all that was, was really handy, for me it was woodwork and industrial arts classes because I am pretty handy 
at doing handyman things, handy person things mm. around the house. I can do all my own repairs. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a part of my outside toilet uh, in the courtyard fell away. I got in there with some wood and Brilliant. nails and hammered it all up. I could, I've got a real knack. I, I, I laid all the um, tiles in my mm-hmm. kitchen. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do thank, like, but just who would have thought by learning how to make a letter opener and a keychain, <laughs> I could then <laughs> do all of these jobs. You could fix an outdoor dunny. Exactly right. Exactly. But I think also the social side of school. So let's not necessarily look at the classes, but in when we were in high school, you were in a different class, obviously, for each subject that you talk. You didn't have mm. the same class all the time. So I sort of got along with a lot of different people and sort of figured out the di- group dynamics and there were cliques and all those, you know, people that were really difficult to deal with. So that's really helped me deal with comedians. It's been great. Uh, it's been <laughs> absolutely fantastic. Um, and I used to improvise at school without even really knowing it. Um, so you deal with friendship dynamics, you have to deal with everybody. So you'd be able to say the right thing um, at the right time to somebody on the spur of the moment to placate and all that kind of stuff. And and I have to say that um, when I was in year nine, my history teacher, she was great. Um, I would just decide randomly at lunch. We always had history after lunch on this particular day. And I would just decide to entertain the class. And she did. She let me every class after lunch, she'd let me come in and perform what I had created at lunchtime that day. So that gave me the confidence to kind of go, "Ah, Mm. I can do this. Mm. And it was just simply very minimal rehearsal, much like my my script I just read earlier. Um, Very, (laughs) very little rehearsal. And it was... So there are two people to blame, your dad for naming you Rebecca (laughs) and this teacher who gave you your head. confidence. How dare she? How dare she? I learned things like that, like... One of my favorite was an oral report in geography. I think geography was a seemed at the time a wasted opportunity for other things that could be learned. But uh, now that I realize that Australia is a real place, it turns out that geography has suited me well. Mm. Because now I will assume that all those other countries they talked about also exist. (laughs) They're real too. They're very real. Apparently, I had my favorite report ever was I gave a a oral presentation on Africa. It was my fa- <clears throat> my favorite teacher's remark ever. He said, uh, "Class, I would just like to commend Tommy. Uh, that was the most entertaining report the entire class presented. I would also like to warn you, it was one hundred percent wrong." <laughs> 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 don't remember anything he said. That's great. But the other thing I learned is that sometimes teachers don't pay attention. Like we had to do a book report once, and our option was a standard book report, write an essay, or you could build a diorama. Mm, mm. Or you could present as a character from the book and explain the book. Wow. And so I presented as a character from the book. What was the book? I can't remember. (laughs) Which will become clear in a moment. (laughs) I did a 10-minute presentation on the book, the themes and the story, and the very nature of the character that I embodied. I got a 100%, and I never read anything but the back (laughs) of the book. I did it all by making it up. Oh. And knowing three facts from the dust cover. It I reckon like... it was Moby Dick and you <laughs> came in with a harpoon. Yeah. <laughs> I embraced the dick. <laughs> call me Ishmael, I said. <laughs> Who are you? What's your... I don't know. Just call me Ishmael. I don't know what my real name is. That's just what I like to be called. Uh, some schools do use Cuisinaire rods still, uh, but in many other schools they're now called Mab blocks and they are all white. It's boring. Ooh. They only have ones, tens and a big, fat, big flat 100. Oh, so that's boring because big, long, is, green ones you could put yeah. up your nose yeah. when you got bored. <laughs> if you're wondering why life has got worse, there you are. There you 
Joshua. I also like the fact that you call it domestic science. That mm. makes it sound domestic so science. much more educational. And the boys did mechanical drawing, which I always thought was drawing cars, mm. but I don't think mm. it was. Mm. No, it was. A, we did that too. You had did your you? yeah, it was yeah, like draft, different generation person thing. Yeah, well, we thought all of that at home economics. So I took home economics, which was cooking classes and sewing and all of the domestic sciences. And you'd uh, make macaroni cheese and get to eat it. Yes. Mm. And my daughters were asking, why do you love cooking so much, Dad? And I said, well, I had a huge crush on my home economics teacher. <laughs> so I did everything to make her happy. Of course. Absolutely everything. <laughs> so if only you'd been your maths teacher. Who How come had Tommy's a- the only one that cleans his sink after practicals? Yeah. I'll tell you why. Because Tommy's Because I love you. I love you. <laughs> I, love you. I had a crush on my physics teacher, but it didn't make me understand physics any better. Oh, I still don't. But it's mind-boggling and it's so interesting. And biology just taught you to never wire frogs to batteries. Oh, oh yeah. I never do that. Yeah. Unless you want to wire frogs to batteries. Mm. That's yeah. going to be that way. Well, it's disgusting. Well, that, that lesson where you had to cut up frogs, that was oh. terrible. I, I, I fainted in front of the whole class. Oh, mm. I put up my little hand and said, sir, could I just... Uh, and he said, yeah, okay. And, uh, and I walked out and, and as I was going around the front of the class, oh. so in, in maximum view of everybody, I fainted. Oh, oh, no. So you weren't there for the birth of your children, obviously. I, I, w- I woke up uh, 10 seconds later to the sound. <laughs> Of thirty people pissing themselves with laughter. <laughs> <laughs> we showed it. We had in our biology. I'll never. It was mortifying. This like mortified the entire male community of my high school. But in ninth grade biology, they showed a film which I'm sure they would never show again. It was a, a profile heat image of a man getting an erection, <gasps> and, a, it, and a even heat in heat image, image. It, it doesn't. It, it, you know, heat, th- th- show how the heat shifts. Why, 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 did, they, why did they think Sorry. you Shame. needed to be taught as a 15-year-old boy what an erection was? <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying. We were mortified. To explain what was going because on in the moment. Because we already all had one anyway. <laughs> and to see it represented thermically. Did it start at the eyes? Where did it start? It was profile, total profile. Yeah, but where did the heat flaccid. go? Oh, goes... the heat kind of rushes in as the blood rushes in through From... all the, did it... the tissue. Right, yeah. Through, it was like it a, it's like elaborate sort of shadow puppet work. It was, t- was this what? sex this... education? Yes. At Rosebud High for sex education, for the boys, they just send everyone to the car park to show how to put up <laughs> curtains in the combis. <laughs> that's great. We had that's a... where the sewing came in. <laughs> <isn't it? laughs> that's great. We had um, where where did I come from? That was the book of the time where you know your parents mm. sat down and read it with you, and then you went to a, so that everyone had read it beforehand, and then you had to go to the talk or something that mm. night and it was there was nothing more embarrassing than going to the sex ed talk with your parents like it's oh it was awful cringeworthy <laughs> but we didn't have films we just had the book and everyone had to get it followed by what's happening to me mm. was the uh, was the so you are you are looking at film with that with not for the other one they, they try to explain how how sperm cells move uh, through the uterus and up uh, and then make contact uh, with the ovum and it was illustrated with spaghetti and meatballs which for years I couldn't eat spaghetti and meatballs <laughs> no wonder. without imagining the reproductive systems. I'd be fear of women. getting someone pregnant by cooking well, it. Why is the spaghetti and meatballs? Well, because the meatball was the egg. Yeah. Oh, and, the so much lo- was... and the spaghetti was the tail of the, of the sperm cells. And as they all, you know, gathered around, they'd show it on the plate. The and they'd sperm all be gathered and Zara, aren't they? That's the name. Yeah. 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 Here comes the sperm. 
Never eat pasta again. Who are the the winners and losers of this week? Rebecca? Uh, Winners. Um, I've got a a big shout-out to the Australian Sikh Association who've been there during um, the bushfires. Um, They were feeding people that needed Mm. food and they've been doing the same for those in quarantine in the residential towers in Melbourne. I just think, brilliant. And uh, and my loser of the week, oh, man, it's um, those who blame Dan Andrews for what's happening in Melbourne. Um, I didn't know that it was his job to make sure every male security guard kept his pants on during a shift. (laughs) I didn't realise that was part of the Premier's charter. spaghetti. (laughs) I think that he he can be blamed for not showing them a sex education film. (laughs) Or a heat-sensing video. (laughs) Involving spaghetti and meatballs and the coronavirus. (laughs) Uh, Winners and losers, Jen Kitson. Um, The losers are all the Melbourne parents who, you know, go on a holiday and get to Wodonga and then the Mm. kids are saying, are we there yet? And they just have to say no for weeks and weeks. And and the loser is whoever um, designed the new Australian logo that looks like someone's eaten a whole lot of dried noodles and thrown up on their plate. You know the Australian, made in Australia. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, or it could be. Have you seen it? It just looks like. It looks like, like the coronavirus. Like someone's thrown up. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. May not be the best selling point at the moment. Tommy, who were the winners like and losers? Uh, and the big loser is SBS On Demand, who last night uh, let loose with the excellent War of the Worlds. And we only got to watch two episodes, and they didn't give us the rest to binge. Don't they know how people watch TV anymore? No. Get with SBS. Show me all of it at once. <laughs> uh, the winner, and I was so excited about this. Uh, and it's a, it's kind of a short praise winner, but Gary Larson. Gary Larson, yeah. the great author of The Far Side, one of the most mm-hmm. uh, sort of influential cartoons in my growing up life, has released new material on his yeah. website. Uh, so it's very, very exciting. All these, what is it, 25 years later to finally get a new mm. far side there are lots of There are lots of cows who look like they're, ju- they're just about to be hit by Gene Kitson. Remarkable <laughs> <laughs> thing about it. Um, just on the, uh, to complete the discussion of Cusinair blocks, uh, this is on the text. The order was very important. The order was white, red, green, pink, yellow, dark green, black, tan, blue and orange. There there'll be go. a test. There'll be a test on this. A little yeah. bit later. <laughs> why don't you, why don't you know math, Johnny? That. I think I'm colorblind. <laughs> Thanks for being Are part you of brown plus brown. <laughs> Thanks for being part of TJF next week. Tommy and Jean will be back, joined by Richard Feidler. Uh, for the music, we'll revisit the TJF performance from Jimmy Barnes. Until then, I'm Richard Glover, and thank God it's Friday. Yeah.